<laughs> Welcome to the Green Divas Radio Show. You're on with Green Diva Meg. Green Dude Paul. And Green Diva Lynn. Yay. It's a full Whoopee. house. It is. A f- well, almost. I mean, you know, electronically. Virtually. Virtually. Thank you, the digital world. That's a whole other topic, but... Let's just take a minute real quick or two and thank our sponsors who do a lot to help us do what we do. Need to rent a car? Why not rent a recycled one from Smarty Marty's Rent-A-Rec? But don't let the name fool you. Smarty Marty's cars are gently used and you'd never know. And we know that because we've rented them before and I'm telling you, you know, um, I had no idea that they weren't used. They've got several locations here in northern New Jersey, and Rent-A-Recs are obviously available everywhere. So find the banner at thegreendivas.com, and don't forget to tell them the Green Divas sent you. And if you're looking for a trusted source for green products, check out buygreen.com. They've got an awesome, easy-to-understand rating system so you you know exactly how green the product really is. And um, you'll find products for home, garden, office... Um, even health and beauty. So, so, um, but you won't find any greenwashing. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. So anyway, it's better for you and better for the planet. So go to uh, the Green Divas Marketplace on thegreendivas.com and get exclusive buygreen.com Green Diva discounts. Oh, boy. Dudes, too. Dudes, too. So, hey, you know, one of the things that, that we don't talk about much is that, you know, we're on iTunes. I think we just take for granted that we're on iTunes. How hip are we? Hip, hip, hip. Yeah, my son was kind of amazed when he saw that. Yeah, uh-huh. we're very hip. He thought I was cooler well, because of it. I know. My kids thought I was cool because we're on iHeartRadio. I guess it depends on who, you know, whose perspective. But it's as long all, as it's got an I in front of it. It's all very cool. Yeah, right, iHeart. Well, <laughs> Stitcher's very cool and then starts with an S. Okay. I know. But well, there's anyway. still an I in there somewhere iTunes. So, you know, whether you download the show or not, we would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and give us a rating because it it helps us get into the sort of ranking, you know. The digital world. You you know, all that stuff. And and I'm hoping that it will be a positive rating. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to ask you to Pick your favorite show and rate that one. Yeah, no. So hopefully the Green Divas rate well with you, and you'll go to iTunes for us and do that. We really, really appreciate it. And I guess we can also make a special announcement about the Green Divas. That would be Lynn and I, no green mm-hmm. dudes. I'm so sorry, Paul. His yeah, face. Sorry. No dudes allowed. I guess they've seen me in a bathing suit. We are going they to know better. Hawaii in September um, for a week and – you know, we're going to the Kalani, which is a, not a really a resort. It's more of a retreat center. It's yoga, mindfulness. It's an eco-village. There's a lot of permaculture. And as a matter of fact, today our feature mm-hmm. interview is with Eric Ellenwood, who is their manager of permaculture. Passionate about permaculture. It was so cool <laughs> talking cool. to him, really. Yeah. And actually, I was, <laughs> I was more impressed with the connection. <laughs> Yeah, just it was, kidding. as I said, oh, like he was, was on the next island. Yeah. It was just like on the next island. That's funny. Oh. No, now he's a really interesting guy. So stay tuned for that. Um, and and as I mentioned there, and I'll mention it here, we do have a special deal for our listeners who want to come to the Kalani while the Green Deavers are there for the Puna Culinary Festival, mm. which is all about sustainable, delicious food. And we're participating. We're doing a couple of workshops. Um, 
Anyway, it's a 20% discount, which is huge. If you can get wow. out there, man, you can really, this is going to be a fun one. Yeah, um, and I think uh, people can travel out there past the time that we're going to be there, um, yeah. I think through the end of the year and still get that discount. Oh. Although we'd love to see people there. Yes, we would. When so we're there. what we will do is you'll see that on the Green Divas site. It'll be prominent and obvious on the sidebar there. So, um, you know, on the right side, in case you don't know what that is. Anyway, so that yeah, so so we're going to talk to Eric today. That's mm-hmm. you got to stay tuned and listen mm-hmm. to Eric talk about. I mean, I, magical, magical yeah, stuff. Very exciting. And we, what else do we have? What Green else Diva do Mag? we have? I don't know what we're going to have. Um, my Earth three hundred and sixty report, right, Lynn? Uh, yes, definitely. Yeah, we got some interesting WTF. I think we decided a little earlier. I might be the WTF because I'm. Yeah. A, it's one of those days. <laughs> it's one of those days. <laughs> oh man. Schedule meltdown, but we're we here. We still love you. Oh, thank you. Good thing you're the boss. <laughs> yeah, I'm the <laughs> boss of nothing. Anyways, oh, so all right, so no hints on uh, what's coming up, huh? <laughs> oh, well, you know, why give it away? Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. So people just stay tuned because Lynn's always got something fascinating, if not outrageous, under her. You know, my Earth 360, ready to mm-hmm. go. Now, Green Dude, I'm sorry. We had such the a great. The other Green Dude. Uh, uh, yes, I'm so sorry. Our Green Dude report today is from Jeff McIntyre Strasburg, who's a longtime green blogging buddy. Uh, he does Sustain a Blog. And he talked to us a while um, ago about these, you, you tell me, Lynn, these rocket um, ovens. Ovens? Lynn? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it has to do, it's, you know, it's, it has to do with helping folks in developing countries who are cooking and really unsustainably, you know, using wood inside their dwellings. Yeah, it's very, it can be unhealthy. very harmful for their health. Definitely. Yeah, and, and very unsafe. So anyway, what do we have? Oh, gardening, gardening. You know, Joey and Holly Baird, who are the Wisconsin Vegetable Gardeners, do a two-minute segment for us on free resources for vegetable gardeners. Very cool. Yeah, they're, they're, they've got a lot. I mean, they pack a lot into two minutes, and they're yeah, very, they really do. very, very informative. I like those guys. Those guys, cute couple. Anyway, and then of course we have our eco sexy. Ooh la la! Yeah, um, Brigitte Mars is. We did a segment with her about aromatherapy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so now you definitely want to stay tuned, right? Absolutely. I would say so. All right, kids. Well, um, what else? What am I, why do I feel like I'm forgetting something? Yeah, I have the same feeling. I don't know why. No, well, we covered a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. Great interviews. Yeah. Definitely. So stay tuned. Lots coming up. Want to understand what climate change is really all about? Want to get the latest environmental news? Listen to the Green Divas My Earth 360 report and hear it all. From WTF to encouraging news and ways that you can take action for the earth. This segment is sponsored by TrueGoods.com because shopping should be fun, not frightening. TrueGoods helps you make simple choices for healthier, safer, cleaner living. Tell truth, shop good at TrueGoods.com. We're going to have fun with Lynn. 
We always have fun with Lynn. Oh, she just yeah. exudes fun. I am just a, ball of, a barrel of laughs. You That's are, and you know, family. I am so completely in the dark. I have had no communication with you about what is coming up in this segment. Oh. Usually, I have an idea. Uh-oh. This time, it's like a big mystery, man. So everyone it will be surprised. It was actually a mystery to me too. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. There was. There, should I just get started? Before, yeah. But before we get going, I wanted to just give a quick shout out to our newest. Green Diva in Training, Anna Lopresti, who's a student at Columbia. She's going to be helping me curate news stories with my Earth360 report. Yay, Anna! Among other things she'll be doing, but yeah, I'm excited to have, that'll be our fourth um, Green Diva in Training, so welcome aboard, we'll be Anna. looking for more in the, uh, in the fall. Thank you. That's great. I know. So, moving along. Yeah, what do you have for us? Uh, there's a recent study that was published in Science that looked at improving global food security and the environment. A food expert and lead author of the paper said something that made me say not so much WTF, but OMG. <laughs> okay. Uh, he said, we've taken 10,000 years to get to the point of growing as much food as we're doing now in the next four decades or so. We have to figure out how to double that. Because, of course, the world population is forecasted to grow more than 9 billion people by 2050, which is up from about 7 billion people today. Wow. Wow. But as we've referenced previously, if we stop wasting the 40%, then we're pretty close. Yeah, Yeah, right? indeed. Um, And the good news is, and and it, it sort of relates to that, but a little different, the world's existing cropland could feed at least 3 billion extra people if it were used more efficiently. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And if all the food used to fatten up cows, chickens, and pigs went straight to people instead, it would feed 4 billion more people than oh. the food does today. Oh, that's a lot. That's a know, lot of people. Crazy. So instead um, of like like hundreds of acres of like corn that we don't even eat, that the you know, cows GMO. or whatever, yeah, mm-hmm. um, we could convert that land into healthy productive. farming, productive food. Right. For people. And... Between one-third and a half of the viable crops and the food produced from them around the world are wasted. Uh, and we waste things like water and fertilizer. Between 8 and 15% of water currently used could be saved if irrigation was more focused instead of just kind of spraying uselessly over the crops. Right. Not as focused as it could be. So that's, mm-hmm. that could help a lot. And more than half of the fertilizer currently poured onto crops in many countries is wasted. Hmm. Yeah, so if you're going to um, poison them, poison them, like, efficiently? In part because they're using too much water yeah. and it's running off. Right. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. That is the OMGWTF. Yes, definitely. Uh, of course, agriculture, we've talked about this before, it has the biggest effect on our environment, and it amounts to one-fifth to one-third of greenhouse gases, which comes from the deforestation that's involved, methane, fertilizers. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do to improve uh, the situation and the food situation. Well, yeah. I mean, one of them is eating a little less meat, right? And eating more locally. Meatless Mondays. And especially red meat because red meat requires 28 times more land to produce than pork or chicken and 11 times more water and results in five times more climate warming emissions. Oh, come on. Those are some moving statistics. I know. Isn't that crazy? So... (laughs) Uh, cut out red meat. Um, some people like to eat a lot of it. If you can cut out 
a little do yeah. the mind the not the mindless Mondays the <laughs> meatless Mondays. <laughs> That's a diva tool. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I've had we my like mindless Mondays. Meatless yeah, it was Monday. kind of funny though. NBC uh, had reported on this, and they said in their report, "Fortunately for meat lovers, completely foraging or foregoing burgers, wings, and bacon won't be necessary." Even though, um, I mean, they, because of all these other things that could be done, I guess they felt they could say that. But I, I think it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely helpful to cut back on that. They you don't want to cool. upset the advertisers. Well, you know, if you go to right. meatlessmonday.org or .com, I can't remember, um, just, just Google Do Meatless this thing Monday. called Google. Yeah. Anyway, um, they have all kinds of cool statistics about how mm-hmm. much, like, you know, it, it how many resources and carbon mm-hmm. is used to CO2 is used to, to grow, you know, a pound of beef or whatever it is to produce a pound of beef and a, a pound of vegetables. Right. Um, and, and it's incredible, incredible the difference. And it's so much mm-hmm. easier to grow your own vegetables than raise your own cow. Well, for those of us that. that like the local gardens. So. Yeah, well, and Definitely. yeah, harvesting Veggies is better than harvesting your cow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a sad day. <laughs> it's a lot less messy. Yeah, send, send the kids away. Uh, roof tiles. Yeah? They're alive. Really? They can potentially eat smog if they're specially coated with titanium dioxide. Yes. Uh, really? Yeah, student researchers at UC Riverside calculated that 21 tons of nitrogen oxides would be eliminated daily if tiles on 1 million roofs were coated with the mixture, and it would only cost about 5 bucks per roof. Wow. Uh, but then I was wondering, is titanium dioxide itself harmful? Hmm. And, I don't know uh, the accord- Yeah, so according to the Canadian Center for Occupational Health and Safety, it's possible. it's a possible carcinogen. So... <sighs> You know, it's kind of like a good news, bad news. You know, do one thing to fix one thing over here, and you might create another problem. But it's possible, possible carcinogen. Well, so you know, if you have that done, don't breathe it in. At least they're thinking in the right direction. Yeah, Maybe there's exactly. something better Mitigation. than tida- yeah. titanium dioxide or whatever. Um, but at least they're they're working on it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like that. Innovation's good. You are a wealth of information, Lynn. Anything, oh, yeah. uh, you know. anything we should take action on? Uh, well, could I talk about the NHL and their oh, yeah. of climate change? Yeah, yeah, we have like a minute, yeah. They partnered with the National Resources Defense Council to come up with a plan to reduce its greenhouse gas emissions, which is the first of its kind produced by a professional sports league. And you might wonder why they might be interested in doing this. Uh, the melting warming. ice rinks? Yeah. <laughs> yes, the melting, the freeze-thaw cycles, they're yeah. saying, are growing unreliable. Right. So that could jeopardize the um, – it could equal a penalty for hockey. Ha, no ha, puck ha. intended. Oh. oh, my gosh. I had to throw that You've in. been working all week on that one. Boom. <laughs> that was good. Don't let your children hear you say that. That oh, was good. All right. So a quick so action. action. Do we have time for action? Yeah. Yeah. Good always. Talked, okay. We always have time for that. We've talked about palm oil before yes. and its impact on the environment, but it's always worth bringing up especially when you hear things like uh, an area of the equivalent size of 300 football fields of rainforest is cleared each hour to make oh. way for, for the palm oil production. God, that's painful. And also, if nothing changes, species species like the orangutan could become extinct in the oh. wild within 5 to 10 years, which is very sad. It's very sad. Um, 
Yeah. All right. So but don't monkey so around. I'll Take have some action. an action on there about that. Good. That's, That's a great. good one. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you, Lynn. Excellent report. Excellent. All right. All right. As always. I'm feeling apocalyptic. Uh, That's my new word. Wow. <laughs> We're all going to Can hell. Can you spell that for me? I'm writing that one down. <laughs> apocalyptic. All right. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you. Take care. Get all the details from this Green Divas My Earth 360 report and lots more on thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com, and myearth360.com. And remember to tell truth and shop good at truegoods.com. Wishing you had a green thumb or want to learn more about sustainable gardening outdoors and in... Expert green divas and dude gardeners share tips for everything from composting to growing herbs in your kitchen. Listen to the Green Divas Green Thumb for low-stress gardening tips. This is Gardening in Two Minutes. There are a lot of great companies that provide wonderful materials to enhance your soil nutrition and health. But you can do it with some items you may already have available for free on your property. One of these items you can find in the fall and they're leaves from the trees of your yard or surrounding area. You collect the leaves and you put them in your compost pile and they will break down over the winter. Now you can also use grass clippings that you have from your yard. You can bag it or you can cut it and then rake it up and put those in your compost pile. Then there's also used coffee grounds. This can be from your own kitchen or from a local coffee shop. Most local coffee shops are glad to provide you with these used coffee grounds as long as you bring your own containers, such as a five-gallon bucket. Kitchen scraps are a wonderful addition to any compost pile, and they can be mixed in and they will break down over time. You can also use weeds and your own yard waste as long as there's no diseases. If it's disease, you do not want it in your compost pile. Now, with any of these materials in creating a compost pile, you want to talk with your municipality to find out if you have to have a contained compost pile or you can have a, what they consider an open pit compost pile. Then there's also spent brewery grains. Now, this is controversial because some are aleopathic, which means that this inhibits seed germination. Now, and you can also use wood chips to break down in your compost pile to enrich your soil. Wood chips will take a much longer time to break down. And composting can be done in a number of different ways, but recommendations are 50% brown material to 50% green material. For more information about composting, enriching your soil, as well as our video productions and our free downloadable quarterly digital magazine, you can find all that information at the Wisconsin Vegetable Gardener. For Gardening in Two Minutes, I'm Joy Baird. And I'm Holly Baird. Inspired to grow more organic stuff? We are. To learn more about this Green Diva's Green Thumb episode and all kinds of other great green information, visit thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. Every Green Diva needs a sidekick. At the Green Divas radio show, they're called Green Dudes. Time now for a deeper shade of green from a guy's perspective. It is so wonderful to get to talk to my friend Jeff McIntyre Strasberg. We both go way back, don't we, Jeff? 
Yes, we do. He is the publisher and founder and editor of Sustainablog, and we go back to the green options days. Wow. Which has been quite a while now, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. And and we're both important media people. Uh, thank you, Scott. So uh, anyway, I'm just really glad we're having a chance to talk because you are doing some interesting – you always do interesting stuff. Let's just put oh, that well, out there. thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. But we got chatting um, about this um, – you did a post about this rocket stove, which there's so many issues about it. Why don't you just tell us what we're going to talk about? Certainly, yeah. Rocket stoves um, are a clean cooking technology. And, you know, when I use the word technology, we're not talking about something particularly whiz-bang. I mean, they're, they're very, very simple. <laughs> right. but, uh, but they address the issue of cooking in the developing world, which probably sounds kind of boring, but, but actually is a, is a huge issue because, yeah. for one, people are often cooking with either wood or charcoal inside. So, so it, it's, it's a huge health issue. I mean, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but uh, millions of people get sick with upper respiratory infections and so forth right. every year, and, and, and lots and lots of people die yeah. from, from these things. Yeah, I think Additionally, we... it, it, oh, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. I was just going to say it's like one of those things that we take for granted. You know, we, we exactly. wander into our kitchen, light up the either it's a gas or, you know, electric stove and just cook. Right. Right, and and uh, whereas in the developing world, it, it's something that takes up a lot of time for people. Um, that's one of the other issues there too. Women, particularly, um, end up spending a lot of time gathering wood. Right, and and as you can then imagine, in lots of places, what has ended up is uh, lots of deforestation. So oh, wood becomes right. harder to find, and and uh, you know, so so a piece of technology, even simple technology that that can make more efficient use of the cooking fuels that are available, it, you know, it is just critical to these folks. And, and, and that, since it burns cleaner, it's healthier, and so forth. So, uh, so again, this, this real simple piece of technology um, meets a number of needs that uh, millions of people around the world have. Right. So it's, it's helping folks. And I think we just don't always have perspective that there right. are, you know, folks living in circumstances that, they don't have electricity. They don't have, you know, uh, you know, plumbing the way that we know it. Uh, right. And they don't have the cooking facilities. Oftentimes they have open fireplace, you know, open fires in dwellings that are not ventilated properly. People, you right. know, you know, and uh, I, I just think it, it, yeah, this is really important for us to all to pay attention to. I, for one, don't pay attention to it enough, so I was really glad to see your post and and get to talk to you about it a bit yeah i'm fascinated by this concept of what's called appropriate technology which, which is <laughs> you know again looking at that the notion of okay what is the the human and natural environment and and then what is is going to serve people in that environment and and just as you said you know if, if there isn't an electric grid and so forth um an electric stove is, is not appropriate even though it's a, you know in many ways much more efficient than than what these people have. So, uh, so we look at again, what are the resources that are available to people, and and what is the technology that that's going to meet their their needs. And, so, and so you see lots of creativity, lots of small um, social enterprises that have sprung up to uh, 
to, to try and, and meet these needs for people. I love it. I love, and some of the micro uh, loan, you know, micro lending folks that are out there in, in other parts of the world helping. You know, right, and crowdfunding has become a, a, really? a way of, of supporting this also. I love it. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's all kinds of uh, economic benefit for some of these, you know, smaller enterprises. It's, it's kind of cool. And, and in fact, yeah, a number of them, what, what they have done, they have gone into these communities and, and um, set up uh, production facilities. Right. Or, or even created ways that there are, um, you know, essentially people can, can invest in, and uh, buy ultimately a franchise. Right, you know? right, um, right. Um, and, and so it, it doesn't just create, you know, opportunities for health and environmental benefits, but also economic benefits within these communities. So tell me what this particular stove, like, what's it made of and how does it work? You know, it, it can be made of a number of different materials. The first one I ever saw was made from um, tin cans. Right. And that I do have one of those plans here on, um, on, on this particular post. Um, they can be made from fire brick. Um, uh, I've got one that is made from... So the idea is essentially it's a solar oven, right? Well, it, it's not solar. Okay. It, it actually uses... It, it does burn wood. Okay. But it, it burns it much, much more efficiently. Okay, gotcha. Um, the, the, the main idea, and, and again, I, I'm not a physicist, so I, I can't explain this <laughs> in too much detail, but, but it, it's got an L-shaped chimney in the stove, uh-huh. and apparently the airflow... Okay. There makes a real difference in the burning, and and what happens? You put a few sticks in there that are lit, and and the way the air flows through, it doesn't just burn the wood itself, but it even burns the gases that are given off from the wood. So right. a lot, what that would come off as smoke in in a traditional fire, um, right? A lot of that is is being burned, and and so it burns very hot. Um, and, and again, you can literally use a few sticks. Oh, to, nice. To Okay. With one of these, so, so you don't have to spend the day gathering wood for for a fire to, to cook a meal. So it's a big deal. So I know you're going to share this post, I think, with the Green Divas, which will be really great. Definitely. But people Definitely. are. I, I would encourage people to go check out Jeff's blog, uh, sustainablog.com, right? Dot org. Dot org. See, okay, yeah, I wasn't we, we, sure. Okay, you know, somebody's got the dot com, and we can't get it away from them. Aw, but you're the Yorg guy. That's right. So you got to go to sustainablog.org. Check out Jeff's site. There's so many interesting things there, and I'm looking forward to having you again soon. I'm, I'm looking forward to it myself. Yeah, this is lots of fun. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Meg. Want more information on this Green Dude segment and other ideas for low-stress green living? Go to thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. Shopping should be fun, not frightening. That's why True Goods offers a consciously curated selection of non-toxic goods. Find a variety of healthy and natural products for house and home, the kids, and even those furry family members. Also check out the True Goods blog, The Goods, for engaging articles and useful resources. True Goods makes choosing a healthier, safer, cleaner lifestyle easy. Tell truth, shop good at TrueGoods.com. Being green can be so sexy. 
Well, at least you can be sexy and keep it green. Check out the Green Divas Eco Sexy Podcast for ways to keep it green in the bedroom or wherever you like to have sex. Yay, we're on again with Brigitte Mars, who is a fabulous author, herbalist, university professor, teacher extraordinaire. Um, And one of her books that we're really kind of focused on the information from is The Sexual Herbal for our Eco Sexy series. Hi, Brigitte. Hi, it is a pleasure to be with you and join your listeners here and talk about sexy things. Yeah, so we've talked about food and herbs, and we could talk about them for hours, and we probably will have more on those topics. But today we're going to talk a bit, I think, about aromatherapy and like creating the mood literally with um, with our sense senses. Well, I, it's really an important topic, and when I first heard about aromatherapy, I thought, well, that's some kind of like new age thing that maybe doesn't really do anything like having your aura massaged or something yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't I, and maybe having your aura massage does do something I mean I have had right. it done but I don't know if I want to pay my hundred dollars for an aura massage yeah I know what you mean but anyways um but I really have come to learn that our nasal cavities are in very close proximity to our brain and so when we smell something it is a way of stimulating hormonal changes, mood changes, neurotransmitter production. Um, it can even help to trigger memory. So it's said that fragrance is a gateway to the brain. Well, and that's what I've heard, that that olfactory system there, which I think is what it's technically called, that sense, um, yes. is, is, has their studies been done that show that it can you know, do some serious triggering of memories in, in folks? And, you know, it's said that uh, you might forget what somebody looks like, you might forget what they sound like, but their scent is what will stay with you the longest. And also, if you don't like the way someone smells, the relationship is probably not going to work out. Isn't that funny? They might smell good to somebody else, but part of what makes it work with you and whoever your beloved is going to be, you've got to like the way each other smells. And, of course, we're all going to have, you know, bad breath and gas or something once in a while, but it's that essential, you know, body odor. But, you know, it really is chemistry. It it really is. It it absolutely is. And, you know, studies show that, you know, when women are ovulating, they are more attractive to the, you know, to maybe the opposite sex, perhaps even to the same sex. But um, so our, we know about hormones, but pheromones are like smell hormones. And so, you know, aromatherapy has long been used um, throughout history. It's said that um, Aphrodite taught uh, the art of aromatherapy and, you know, Aphrodite, goddess of love, whether that's true or myth, but she's credited with having uh, used those essential oils and and taught the humanoids around her the virtues. And so um, what are the magic smells? And I also want to say that there's a lot of synthetic perfumes out there that are really not going to invigorate our brain or or do something to our neurotransmitters. They're chemicals. They're not nourishing. They're not supporting the growth of flowers or rainforest land. So when we use pure essential oils, we are really helping to cultivate a healthier planet. So some of the essential oils are... um, 
that are beneficial. And usually essential oils are diluted. You don't want to put them directly on your skin so they can burn. So they can be diluted in uh, coconut oil or almond oil or something. Okay. But um, cardamom and cinnamon really? are two really good ones. And, um, you know, it's funny. There was a study done on um, healthy college men to find out what smells were the most sexually provocative. And the ones that came up were pumpkin pie spice, and cinnamon buns. <laughs> That's, that is extremely interesting. I would never have guessed that. And uh, women love the smell of flowers, but men like the smell of food. And so both <laughs> pumpkin pie spice and cinnamon buns, of course, have cinnamon in them. Yes, yes. Um, but we also have jasmine, which mm. is very floral. Mm. And it um, helps to relieve stress, helps to move emotional blocks. And in the uh, Kama Sutra, um, the the Hindu god of love, Kama, he, he's sort of a version of Cupid. He anoints the tips of his arrow with jasmine, Ooh. essential oil. And um, you can also use jasmine as a, a floral water where you mist yourself. You might want to keep a little spray bottle. Right, right. Um, and, you know, you can mist the bed and make it really beautiful. But um, you want to get, pure, again, pure essential oils and not synthetic fragrances. Right. Neroli is actually orange flower water, and um, you can buy orange um, flower water in natural food stores and also sometimes in Asian markets, uh-huh. and it's a antidepressant. It helps to ease stress and grief. It's really good for relieving uh, sort of anxiety about meeting new people. Huh. And uh, or the, the first time you're with a new partner, and it is ah. said according to the traditional lore to help people feel more connected. Right. Um, of of course, patchouli. You know, it's interesting. Some people think of patchouli as hippie perfume. Yeah, right. And um, either you love it or you I, don't. I can't on, stand it. I yeah. I, and I know I'm like such a hippie girl. You'd think I would love it. You know what I mean? I'm, and it all depends whether you had a good time at those Grateful Dead shows or not. <laughs> I had a blast. Why well, don't I like patchouli? <laughs> and, but it's it's kind of funny. So either you love it or hate it. So be careful with patchouli. But it is a member of the mint family, and it, it lifts your spirits. It does repel mosquitoes. <laughs> well, that's um, handy. And but it's said to for some people, you know, you have to see whether that likes um, whether that's going to be a go or no. But um, you know, if you don't like it, certainly don't wear it. Yeah. Now, yeah. rose is, you know, a flower that is said to open the heart chakra and enhance feelings of love. But rose essential oil is very expensive. Yes, I have so, some. <laughs> Organic yep, rose oil. Oh, my God. Yep. I think it takes like 180 pounds of rose blossoms to make just an ounce of essential oil. It's so like in, gold, yeah. It's like gold. So it's precious. And it doesn't take much, but... It is considered an aphrodisiac and a rejuvenative, and it helps people feel more connected to their emotional center. So one of the nice things about scents um, is that it helps to ground us and put us back into our body. You know, a lot of times if we're too in our head, we're thinking too much, we're thinking about work. So really part of the art of love is how can we turn on all our senses, our sense of taste, our sense of smell, our sense of touch, and essential oils can be another way to do that. 
And Ooh, well, I'm really looking forward to this post as well because there's so much I'm learning. I'm furiously writing notes, and um, I'm 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 really loving this series. <laughs> thank you so much. No, thank you, Brigitte. So we got to wrap this one up. Um, I hope. Uh, you know, I hope everybody will go check out the post because I know Brigitte's got a lot more to tell us about. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brigitte. Many blessings. Turned on yet? Well, go to thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. To learn more about this Green Divas eco-sexy podcast and find other low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green. Green Divas get to talk to so many inspiring people who each in their own way is helping us find a deeper shade of green. Here's just one of them. Enjoy. Oh, we are going to have so much fun today talking to Eric Ellenwood. Uh, He is the manager of permaculture at the Kalani um, I don't know if it's the Kalani Resort. How do you? Is it the Kalani Resort? It's actually not a resort. It's a retreat. Center. It's a retreat it's center, a right? Yeah, retreat center in paradise. In paradise. In paradise. He's, you're <laughs> I on love the tagline. Find oh. yourself here, Hawaii. Um, mm-hmm. They say it's the Big Island, but I, you know, I got some message that they're trying to sort of rebrand it from the Big Island to the original island or something. I don't remember. Yeah, despite the confusion, this island is actually Hawaii. And uh, I think it, the big island was an easy way to kind of figure out, are we talking about New York or New York City? It kind of has the same name. You know, it can right. be confusing. Yeah. It's the same thing for this island. Aww. I know a lot of native locals don't really like the, the name Big Island. Right, yeah. So we're trying to be um, respectful because... Um, we're going to be coming out there to check you all out. And part right. of what we'll be doing, other than playing at the Kalani during that Pune um, Sustainable Food Festival, yeah, the yum, culinary festival, yeah. Uh, is we're going to be also checking out some of the other really cool eco-friendly stuff going on on the, the whole island. So Great. anyway, tell us about what you do at this beautiful um, retreat center. Well, I actually had, before I moved here, I spoke about permaculture. I had a little small intentional community, kind of like almost a mini Kalani, that I would try to raise awareness, and we were growing as much food as we can. It was more of an urban setting. And I came here um, just hoping to live in an environment where the land was conducive to growing food, year-round growing season. People kind of have a mindset here that's maybe more agriculture or spiritually kind of based in agriculture yeah. growing food respecting the aina and uh well, explain, when, I, when explain, I came to kalani ex- i realized wait, wait, wait. it was a really oh, great oh. opportunity to expand just that here you know the uh the the feeling of being in a, a community retreat center like a you know having almost like a, a tribe of old times where people work together and you know, everybody is paddling in one direction with the canoe really appealed to me. And uh, the infrastructure was all here, and the land is perfect for it. So we've just 
started to move in a direction of looking at what, um, in the days of the Ahupua'a, the, um, the ancient ways of using the land to basically create everything that they need, we would look at that and we're modeling after that to kind of recreate that in, in a, a modern sense. Well, I want to go back because you said something about the Aina, and I want to mm-hmm. just help people understand because I don't even understand. I, I kind of have context, but tell, me, tell us what that is. The Aina is just the land. Um, okay. Malama Aina is some, a, a phrase that you'll hear a lot in Hawaii, and to malama is to steward or to take care of. And uh, it's very deeply ingrained in Hawaiian culture to feel connected. Their, their religion, if you will, was very based in the ebbs and flows of nature. And through kapu systems, they had regulations on, you know, when, for example, not to fish a certain type of fish because it was, you know, it was in its breeding cycle. Mm. And, you know, they were very aware and in tune of their place in nature and how to not draw too much or when to draw and how to be beneficial. Now, you mentioned that you had really been working in your own intentional community before that. Where was that? Was that on that the mainland? That was actually in the Oceans of Corn in Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh, wow. The opposite of Hawaii. <laughs> That's fantastic. And how did you get to Hawaii? Just out of curiosity, was it just a trip or, you know? They swam. Um, they swam. <laughs> I had a film crew that came and stayed a week with uh, everybody at the community. They were making a, a small film about collectivism. And I had met some friends that were talking about the Big Island through that film crew that uh, they were just saying that it's, you know, Puna, the district that I live in, is, um, they thought I would fit in very well. You know, the where I come from with all of the the permaculture, the wild foraging, and all the things that I was into, they they said I'd have to visit. And I always felt really drawn to to Hawaii for, for many reasons. But I decided that, you know, with the, uh, with the battle with GMO, with Monsanto, with the subversiveness of, you know, trying to become, you know, food... Um, Independent? Trying to become, like self-sufficient yeah, you know yeah. i realized that uh i if i couldn't do it in hawaii on this small island i don't know if i could do it anywhere yeah so i just basically took a chance and came to the island and it is it has been magical ever since yeah i i am hearing that once we get there we're gonna have a very hard time leaving and we're gonna love it for a maybe lot you of reasons shouldn't go. maybe you should send the <laughs> green dudes instead <laughs> well you know my mother actually was um raised partially in hawaii as a small child my uncle was born oh, okay. there um and she, I'd never been. I still have never been, so I'm really looking forward to it. But I'm particularly – I have heard so many fabulous things about um, about the agriculture, the, the sustainable agriculture, and the, the cultural mindset that, that has you know such connection to the earth and to uh, the natural cycles that I it, – it does seem like it's a – it's a no-brainer that a green diva belongs there. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Well, I, 
And it's so important to show kind of the self-sufficiency when you're in an island environment like that where yeah. what you don't produce, you have to import at great expense, both uh, monetarily and for the environment and, and the, the carbon That's very impact. true. Yeah, that's, I think, the shift. You know, there's many perspectives here on what sustainability actually is and what it <laughs> should look like in the future. And I think everybody's kind of move, trying to move in one direction, but I see many different canoes kind of paddling in different directions you know i've kind of tried within communities here to help not so much be a chief but just try to bring the chiefs together per yeah. se and yeah. you know to uh just try to help get everybody moving in one direction because that synergy is what really i think is necessary to in essence pull us out of what could possibly become a precarious situation as far as food and you know food security in the future being so remote this this land through uh ahupua'a i mentioned that before it was it was basically the the way that these people with no power tools with stone age technology they were able to produce for themselves to collaborate and actually to thrive and uh those systems have unfortunately not not so much been lost but they've you know the uh the infrastructure of those systems has been lost. Right. You know, even a lot of the lo the knowledge, I feel like it's still there, but it's not intact. Yeah. And uh, I I just feel that you know the um, the we use the term agriculture. You know, agriculture is such a kind of an old. Um, it makes me think of rows of of monocrop and right. Lincoln, Nebraska. Such a, a different teaching that I think needs to be viewed here that Hawaii kind of embraces and you know it's looking at the why of nature looking at how plants and trees interact and how you know everything that we view here is is perfection and you know a lot of great inventors in our in our past even in the United States I think they have looked at the why you know we see um, for example airplanes they can model the wings of birds you know there's biomimicry that's that's happening everywhere within our technology mm -hmm. and i feel like it's the same thing moving out of an agricultural mindset right. to move back into how nature is perfection and it's our it's our teacher you know yeah. i've I, I started with um books textbooks learning you know what other people had viewed and done and their theories of how things work and you know now what i've realized is hawaii um the diversity here the uh the power of this land you know just even the year-round growing season it becomes such a obvious teacher you know in areas that have been deforested or like from the midwest where i was right nature was more of a subtlety yeah. and here it's it's so apparent how if you tune into it how things flow and work together and you know any design that i do it it starts with that it's yeah. any education that i do it starts with that to try to show the dynamics of nature to where instead of me trying to guide someone or textbooks guiding that person to allow perfection to guide them well, I am really looking forward to, hopefully you'll be there in September when we come out. I should be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm really looking forward to meeting you and seeing some of your work there and, you know, okay. just kind of getting 
Uh, we were only going to have a couple of days there, but um, oh. it won't take me too long to get in, you know <laughs> into the the groove. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I like what I you feel said. Like about- even a couple of days, people leave here. Time seems to move differently in this area. Yeah. You know, I've been here almost two years now, and it seems like it's it's this dualism of it's fast and it's slow at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much that can happen in even just a few hours where it seems like a lifetime, yeah. but at the same time, you know, it's it's short. Well... I don't know. I like what you said about sustainability, and we're all got our own canoes. And I get, you know, one of the things we do is we ask people when they come to the studio, especially, and, 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 you know, we ask them, what does sustainability mean to you when we do our little videos? And, and the reason we do that partially is because everybody's got a different answer. And it depends. If you're all about, you know, permaculture, it's, it's, it's one thing. Maybe if you've got children and small children, it's, it's something more geared towards small children and family and education. And maybe sure. if you're really yeah. into energy, you know, your focus is going to be more about sustainable energy and energy independence. Yeah. So it's fascinating to hear. And we all do have our our niche and the, and the things that we do well. I happen to be a communicator, so this is what I do to kind of further the cause in, in my own way, you know? Absolutely, and it takes all those things. You know, permaculture in itself is it's a holistic design yeah. system. Yeah. It takes many pieces mm-hmm. to bring it together to make the whole, and I feel like sometimes that becomes kind of a premise for um, debate with certain people because... Um, they see their side of it, and it's hard for them to maybe move out of that right. mentality to see the other sides. Right. But for me, I know that you know true sustainability, like even um, alternative energy, the solar panels, for example, the metals have to be mined in China. Right. You know, there's plastics and metal and shipping. There's petroleum products that to box it up and trucks that yeah. have to ship it to us. Yeah. And then at the end of its life, we bury it in the ground. You know, it's it's still not truly, in my my thinking, truly sustainable. You know, it's a hard thing to swallow, but true sustainability, the only culture that has really been sustainable, that, you know, the only time in humanity that's been sustainable has been the Stone Age. And I think a lot of people are afraid of that. Well, you know, they're yeah. afraid of not having their cell phones and laptops and... And, uh, you know, I can understand that because I was one of those people. But over time, what I've realized is as I start to detach from some of those things, you know, I don't want to necessarily lose all of those things because they're, they're so convenient. They, you know, are so helpful. And, you know, they're great for the transition to move towards true sustainability. But as I detach from those things, I realize that other things fill those holes. I have better relationships with the people that are around me. I'm more in the now. I see more with what's happening. I, I feel more connected to the land and to my work. And, you know, it's almost for me like being in two different worlds when, I, when I'm very focused on computer work or keeping in touch with people that don't live around me or... You know, it, does that make sense? Mm, it totally absolutely. makes sense. And I just, just yeah. uh, yesterday and this morning finished recording uh, the first Green Divas guided meditation. I call it Green Divas Peace Out Meditation mm, uh, podcast. Yeah. And it's this, this one's all about uh, tech, uh, tech break. Tech, what did I call it? 
tech timeout. That's right, tech timeout. Okay. And uh, you know, it's it is. It's very focused on. You know, this stuff is great. Sometimes it's life saving for some of us, but like you know, we've got to be able to put it down and reconnect. And how do we do that? How do we do that? Absolutely. So you know, I, I teach here. Uh, I'm still developing my my full teaching, but what's really come to me is I've realized that there's four. Uh, reintegrations, if you'll call them, that seem to be um, holistic enough to bring us to a baseline where we can communicate, where we can work in community. And those reintegrations would be a reintegration of body uh, through yoga, through exercise, you know, through just feeling connected, even meditation, uh, a reintegration of mind, you know, using... Yeah. There's so many things to reintegrate your mind through, you know, reading books like some that have helped me, like Deepak Chopra and Thich Nhat Hanh and Eckhart Tolle, and you know, right. and whatever that these, is for you know, somebody, it may be something slightly different, but whatever it is that that touches you, yeah, and sparks yeah, for that. Each person mm-hmm. may have to find it in their own way, and you know, for me, I feel like I've found the things that have have kind of brought me back into my mind and made me feel connected. And, you know, there's reintegration of nature. For me, that's through permaculture. You know, I, I find my place in the ecosystem that I'm involved in. You know, we, even as people, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people have maybe lost sight of the fact that, you know, we, we have our, our place within the ecosystem and our job to do. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like for a long time in my, in my life, I was feeling like I rode on top of it, that right. I wasn't part of it. Right, and right. So just learning that and learning the, the subtleties and uh, how I can not alter nature or necessarily change it, but just help it do what it needs to do. Well, for itself and, and for us. Yeah. of tribe, and I feel like that's just things like, for me, nonviolent communication, how to right. talk to people right. without raising... Uh, defensiveness. Oh, that's a, to, whole, you know, that's a whole. That's a whole segment right there. That's a whole other show, and it's fabulous. <laughs> so we got to close up now, but um, okay. obviously yeah. we could talk for hours. So we're going to oh, have sure. you back, yeah. and we'll we'll you know pick maybe a narrower topic, and and you'll be going there because yeah, and I'm going to reintegrate myself with Hawaii and Kalani, mm-hmm. and um, and I'll not. Try not to whine too much that we'll be back here in Jersey. And you can go to Kalani.com, K-A-L-A-N-I.com, mm-hmm. and um, find out more tour. about some of Eric's work and, and what's going on there. And uh, I believe that the Kalani is also offering like a 20% discount for anybody that comes through the Green Divas, and we'll be having that on our website. So, you know, take Terrific. advantage of it. Thank you so much, Eric, for sharing your, you. your terrific insights. Yeah, cool. I'm really looking forward to meeting you, Eric. Great. Likewise, yeah. I know that permaculture is such a huge topic, and there's so many angles, and, you know, it's, it's something that, like you said, it, it takes a long time to even understand what it really is. So um, two days, you know, it's, it's not enough to know it all, but I feel like when you come, you... Uh, You'll leave with a lot. Terrific. I know everyone does. I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks so much, Eric. Aloha. Aloha. Mahalo. Hope you enjoyed that as much as they did. Please visit thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. For more fun podcasts and information on the Green Divas and low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green.
You've been listening to the Green Divas Radio Show. Be sure to look for this and other Green Diva Network podcasts on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, iTunes, Swell Radio, and Spreaker. Get social with the Green Divas on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Subscribe to the Green Divas YouTube channel to watch them in action. And for all the latest good green news, visit thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. <laughs>